My last guest this week, certainly not least, is Nick Elward, head of institutional product and ETFs at Natixis Investment Managers, who currently offers four ETFs, about $60 million in assets. Now, of course, Natixis is one of the world's largest investment managers overall, so well over a trillion dollars in assets. And at least from my perspective, I think they're perhaps best known for their multi-affiliate approach. So partnering with some of the most respected names and brands on the investment management side. And Nick is now joining me from Boston. Nick, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I just mentioned that multi-affiliate approach. I I actually think that's a good starting point before we get into the ETF side of things. Uh, Do you want to expand on that a little bit and uh, perhaps just give us the overall Natixis investment philosophy? Absolutely, for sure. Again, thank you very much for having me, uh, both to you and also to your listeners. Natixis Investment Managers is a multi-affiliate model. So we have uh, eight U.S. affiliates that are under our fold and 12 international affiliates. We're based in Paris, outside the U.S., and based in Boston, within the U.S. And uh, our goal is really to acquire these affiliates that are specialists and expert in different asset classes, bring them under one fold, and then distribute those products, those services throughout all U.S. and non-U.S. markets. We run about $1.1 trillion in assets, which makes us about the 15th or 16th global asset manager uh, in the world. And give listeners an idea on some of the affiliates themselves, because I, I thought there were some pretty big names here. Right, for sure. Yeah, they range from Luma Sales, and Luma Sales is based in Boston. And uh, they're one of the larger fixed income managers uh, throughout the world, but they also have equity investing as well and alternatives. Another affiliate is Harris Associates, which is based in Chicago, and they run primarily equity, both U.S. and international equity. And their retail brand that more of your uh, listeners might be aware of is the Oakmark Funds. So that's their brand for mutual funds and ETFs. And Nick, we'll get into some of the specific ETFs themselves, but just give us some background on the ETF business overall, like in terms of why you enter the market and how you view this particular channel. Right, absolutely. Well, for us, it all comes down to understanding what our financial advisors and end investors are interested in. And as we went out on a listening series about six years ago now, we were hearing uh, loud and clear that there was an interest in choice. There was an interest in the ETF vehicle type for its tax efficiency and its intraday tradability. So with that being what we heard, we, uh, we being mostly an active management shop, were interested in exploring the ETF market, both with active transparent ETFs and active semi-transparent ETFs. Okay, so that's a perfect segue. So the four ETFs you currently offer, these are all actively managed. To your point, three of these are using the semi-transparent structure, uh, which I definitely want to talk more about that. And all are leveraging the uh, the multi-affiliate approach we, we noted earlier. So let me go through these. There's the Natixis U.S. Equity Opportunities ETF, ticker EQOP. The Natixis Vaughn Nelson Midcap ETF, ticker VNMC. The Vaughn Nelson Select ETF, VNSE. And then the uh, Natixis Luma Sales Short Duration Income ETF, ticker LSST. Do you want to briefly highlight one or two of these or or perhaps just generally comment on the lineup overall? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, so um, we have a lineup of four uh, active ETFs that's complemented by over 50 mutual funds. 
So in the 40X space, obviously, we're, we're quite large with those different selections. With ETFs, we have three equity products the ones that you mentioned from Vaughn Nelson and also EQOP, and we have the one fixed income product managed by Loomis Sales. Perhaps I'll just highlight two of the four, and uh, maybe just for ease, one fixed income and one equity. Please, so yeah. on the fixed income side, again, as you said, the ticker is LSST. That's a short duration fixed income ETF we launched just under five years ago, managed by a team of uh, professionals that have been running money for 25 years in this discipline. Before we brought the product out as an ETF almost five years ago, they had been running money for institutional investors in the same style for 20 years. So we were satisfied with their performance on the institutional side. We were just entering the ETF business to support our retail investors and elected to bring this product to market for retail investors. And uh, as of uh, the last monthly close, which... uh, 11-1 11-1 is today's date, so we don't have the October data yet, but as of the September data, it's a five-star Morningstar rated product. Hmm. And then what about on the equity side? Yeah, on the equity side, I'd highlight VNSE, the Natixis Von Nelson Select ETF. And that's an ETF that is um, it's a concentrated approach. It's uh, focused on beating the S&P 500, typically has between 20 and 30 stocks in the portfolio. And the thing I like about this product, managed by Chris Wallace in combination with Scott Weber uh, at Vaughn Nelson, which is based in Houston, is um, that if you look at the performance over its two-plus-year track record, it, it was right last year in a time when it was a risk-on market, and it's been right so far this year, which has been mostly, except for last month, a risk-off market. And it has outstanding performance since its inception about two years ago. So those are probably the two that I would highlight. Nick, let's talk more about the semi-transparent wrapper. And for full disclosure, I've been uh, bearish on this structure overall, really for two main reasons. So number one, I do think investors value the uh, daily transparency of the traditional ETF wrapper. And then number two, again, just from my perspective, I have not seen enough evidence that actually cloaking holdings helps performance. And in fact, there are plenty of examples of managers who have generated outperformance for at least periods of time using the traditional ETF wrapper. So give me the uh, the, the counter arguments here. Okay, sure. <laughs> and uh, and uh, hopefully I can say, you know, great minds can uh, agree to disagree, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, we're one of the early entrants in the active semi-transparent ETF space. We partnered up with the New York Stock Exchange and elected to use their model for, as you say, cloaking the uh, holdings on a daily basis. Uh, Our goal was to allow more of our portfolio managers who had concerns about uh, maybe predatory investors front-running or free-riding their trades. So with that concern, they would only enter the ETF market if we could use active semi-transparent ETFs. So that was the basis for us wanting to do it. And with respect to what we think active semis can do, it's all about providing alpha, which is what active managers all are intending to do, of course, greater tax efficiency than some other vehicle types, and then the intraday tradability, which seems to be something that a lot of investors over the last five, ten years have been valuing. So your points were around transparency. Investors want that. Uh, You're asking about the cloaking, whether or not that actually helps performance. On the transparency, 
I'd probably go back to the fact that there's about 12 trillion um, USD in actively managed mutual funds in the U.S. and there isn't daily transparency on that. Normally, it's monthly or quarterly. And investors in those active mutual funds are seeking performance against an index, better performance, and better performance against peers. So I think if they're okay giving up that daily transparency, I think like-minded investors in ETFs might think the same way. And then in, in terms of cloaking, uh, I'm not saying that the active semi-transparent ETF would uh, improve performance, but what it should do is allow for the same kind of stock picking prowess that's done in a more um, disguised or cloaked way to get into the ETF vehicle type, which should provide better tax efficiency uh, for investors. So that's what I'd say. And in the end, we're just all about providing choice to investors. If they want our asset management skill in a mutual fund or an SMA or an ETF, we want to provide that. If we can build a product that's transparent as an ETF, we'll do that. If the portfolio management team needs the cloaking, as you say, we'll do that. So uh, that's how I'd respond to that. No, and I think that's a good point. Sometimes we tend to get caught up in the uh, minutiae. You know, we're just too close to the industry. But I guess l let me ask you this, Nick. So why do you think traction has been slow overall with that semi-transparent wrapper? So last week, you may have seen this, Ignites reported that According to Morningstar, semi-transparent ETFs only had about $4.5 in assets, which is really a small sliver of the active ETF market, which itself is still pretty small. It's growing significantly. We can talk right. about that, but still small overall. And nearly half of that $4.5 was in one ETF. So, so right. why do you think these have been slow to gain traction? Yeah, so uh, definitely a great question. And as, as I think about how a nascent business grows, that definitely isn't overnight. I can think back to when the first ETF launched and then the first active transparent ETF launched. And it wasn't a bonanza of new assets on day one or year one or year two. It was a, a slow build as those products gained acceptance. And also, really importantly, those products gained platform placement. Right now, a lot of the active uh, semi-transparent ETFs are not available as broadly as say, the passive ETFs or as active mutual funds are. So without a lot of placement on some of these larger wirehouse and independent platforms, um, you're not going to have a lot of sales because you're not exposing yourself to as many financial advisors who could actually utilize those products. So as these active semi-transparent ETFs get that placement on more and more platforms, I think naturally if those active semis provide the alpha, the tax efficiency, and um, operational success in terms of how they're run, they will gather assets. The bottom line for us is we want to build vehicle types that do good things for investors. And we believe that the way that we built these active semis, in the long run, they're going to be valued by investors, valued by platforms, and um, we're, we're really happy in looking out to the future in this way. It's a fantastic point on the access. Uh, I know that's been an issue over the past couple of years. What changes that? Is it just, uh, is it assets into the products? Is it education by the gatekeepers at these platforms? Uh, is it investor? I, I just, what what opens up that, uh, that gate? Right, yep. Uh, I think their first point about assets is one, a lot of the gatekeepers at some of the larger firms <clears throat> excuse me, have asset requirements. 
So until certain ETFs or the ETF, the active semis, get to a certain level of assets, they won't be added to those platforms. That's one. And two, it is a relatively new structure. We are two years and uh, I think six months into the active semi-transparent ETF launches. So more data is now available, but as the research groups at these platforms get more comfortable, um, my hope is that they'll be adding more of these products to those platforms. Yeah, and I'll just add to all of this, again, whether we're talking uh, the transparent ETF wrapper, the semi-transparent ETF wrapper, the one thing we know for sure is that the active ETF space itself uh, continues to expand. So Morningstar's Ben Johnson had some great stats last week that there have been more active than passive ETF launches this year. That's been the case the past two years. And then, as I'm sure you're aware, if you look at uh, flows, the money is going into uh, active ETFs at an accelerating rate. And ETF assets, Indeed. if you look at active ETF assets overall, I think they were around like 5%, but the flows into active ETFs are well exceeding that. So that shows that investor demand is there. And, and like I said earlier, I think sometimes probably because we're just too close, or at least I'm too close to the industry, sometimes I get caught up in the minutia. Uh, but the bottom line is, as we know, investors are seeking out active ETFs. Nick, on that note, we just have a couple of minutes left here. I think everyone knows this uh, well-trodden narrative of the rise of passive investing. And so because of that, uh, I think active management has taken it on the chin a little bit over the past decade. And look, I've thrown a few shots of my own, if I'm being honest. But give us the bull case for active management moving forward. Because at the end of the day, again, whether we're talking transparent or semi-transparent, or even ETFs versus mutual funds, investors are going to judge funds based on performance. So give us the bull case for active. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't think it's an either or for active versus passive. I think a lot of investors really use a combination of both active and passive, but specifically around why active could be useful for certain investors in the current market. Uh, it really comes down to the expected volatility. We've seen tremendous volatility this year, last year, and certainly go forward. I presume that we'll see similar volatility. I've seen levels at the VIX that are over 36 at one point this year, which is sizable. And last year, of course, with COVID, it was even uh, even higher. But nonetheless, when you're thinking about your portfolio that you own, whether it be a mutual fund or an ETF, oftentimes you're wondering who is at the helm of this product and how will they navigate, navigate extreme volatility in the market. And knowing that you have someone looking after your interests with the product that you own that is caring about every security in your portfolio, making active decisions of whether or not that should be included in your portfolio on a daily basis is something that a lot of people value. Rather than owning a slice of every stock that could have uh, obvious negative sentiment currently, but you own it and you can't get out of it unless you sell the overall product. So I think a lot of people by their nature are interested in having that captain uh, at the helm of the ship, guiding them as they go through their investment journey. Well, well said. I think a perfect ending spot for us. Uh, so great to finally have you on the podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation this week. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. I love the podcast. I'll be, I'll be uh, listening uh, every week. Have a good one. Outside the United States, this communication is for information only and is intended for investment service providers or other professional clients. This material must not be used with retail investors. This material may not be redistributed, published, or reproduced, in whole or in part. 
The analyses and opinions expressed by external third parties are independent and does not necessarily reflect those of Natixis Investment Managers. Although Natixis Investment Managers believes the information provided in this material to be reliable, including that from third-party sources, it does not guarantee the accuracy, adequacy, or completeness of such information. The analyses and opinions referenced herein represent the subjective views of the author as referenced, are as of November 1, 2022 and are subject to change. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as may be forecasted in this material. In the United States, provided by Natixis Distribution, LLC 888, Boylston ST Boston, Massachusetts, 02199. Natixis Investment Managers includes all of the investment management and distribution entities affiliated with Natixis Distribution, LLC and Natixis Investment Managers SA. This material should not be considered a solicitation to buy or an offer to sell any product or service to any person in any jurisdiction where such activity would be unlawful. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks and expenses of any investment carefully before investing. Assets under management, AUM, as of June 30, 2022. AUM, as reported, may include notional assets, assets serviced, gross assets, assets of minority-owned affiliated entities and other types of non-regulatory AUM managed or serviced by firms affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit im.notizeis.com for a prospectus or a summary prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully. Semi-transparent ETFs are different from traditional ETFs. Traditional ETFs tell the public what assets they hold each day. This ETF will not. This may create additional risks for your investment. For example, you may have to pay more money to trade the ETF's shares. This ETF will provide less information to traders, who tend to charge more for trades when they have less information. The price you pay to buy ETF shares on an exchange may not match the value of the ETF's portfolio. The same is true when you sell shares. These price differences may be greater for this ETF compared to other ETFs because it provides less information to traders. These additional risks may be even greater in bad or uncertain market conditions. The ETF will publish on its website each day a proxy portfolio designed to help trading in shares of the ETF. While the proxy portfolio includes some of the ETF's holdings, it is not the ETF's actual portfolio. The differences between this ETF and other ETFs may also have advantages. By keeping certain information about the ETF secret, this ETF may face less risk that other traders can predict or copy its investment strategy. This may improve the ETF's performance. If other traders are able to copy or predict the ETF's investment strategy, however, this may hurt the ETF's performance. Authorized Participant Concentration Risk Only an authorized participant, authorized participant, may engage in creation or redemption transactions directly with the fund. The fund has a limited number of institutions that act as authorized participants, none of which are or will be obligated to engage in creation or redemption transactions. To the extent that these institutions exit the business or are unable to proceed with creation and slash or redemption orders with respect to the fund and no other authorized participant is able to step forward to create or redeem creation units, fund shares may trade at a discount to NAV and possibly face trading halts and slash or delisting. The fund's novel structure may affect the number of entities willing to act as authorized participants, and this risk may be exacerbated during times of market stress. Trading issues risk, trading in fund shares on the NICE ARCA may be halted in certain circumstances. If 10% or more of the fund's actual portfolio does not have readily available market quotations, the fund will promptly request that the NICE ARCA halt trading in the fund's shares. Such trading halts may have a greater impact on the fund compared to other ETFs due to its lack of transparency. Predatory trading practices risk, although the fund seeks to benefit from keeping its portfolio holdings information secret, market participants may attempt to use the proxy portfolio and related proxy portfolio disclosures to identify the fund's holdings and trading strategy. If successful, this could result in such market participants engaging in predatory trading practices that could harm the fund and its shareholders. Premium slash discount risk, shares of the fund are listed for trading on the NICE ARCA, incorporated, the NICE ARCA, and are bought and sold in the secondary market at market prices that may differ from their most recent NAV. The market value of the fund's shares will fluctuate, in some cases materially, in response to changes in the fund's NAV, the intraday value of the fund's holdings, and the relative supply and demand for the fund's shares on the exchange. Proxy portfolio structure risk, unlike traditional ETFs that provide daily disclosure of their portfolio holdings, the fund does not disclose the daily holdings of the actual portfolio. Instead, the fund discloses a proxy portfolio that is designed to reflect the economic exposure and risk characteristics of the fund's actual portfolio on any given trading day. Although the proxy portfolio and proxy portfolio disclosures are intended to provide authorized participants and other market participants with enough information to allow them to engage in effective arbitrage transactions that will keep the market price of the fund's shares trading at or close to the underlying NAV per share of the fund, while at the same time enabling them to establish cost-effective hedging strategies to reduce risk, there is a risk that market prices will vary significantly. From the underlying NAV of the fund, ETF general risk, exchange-traded funds, ETFs, trade-like stocks, are subject to investment risk, and will fluctuate in market value. Unlike mutual funds, ETF shares are not individually redeemable directly with the fund, and are bought and sold on the secondary market at market price, which may be higher or lower than the ETF's net asset value, NAV. Transactions in shares of ETFs will result in brokerage commissions, which will reduce returns. 
Active ETF, unlike typical exchange-traded funds, there are no indexes that the fund attempts to track or replicate. Thus, the ability of the fund to achieve its objectives will depend on the effectiveness of the portfolio manager. There is no assurance that the investment process will consistently lead to successful investing. Equity securities risk, equity securities are volatile and can decline significantly in response to broad market and economic conditions. Foreign securities risk, foreign securities may involve heightened risk due to currency fluctuations. Additionally, they may be subject to greater political, economic, environmental, credit, and information risks. Foreign securities may be subject to higher volatility than U.S. securities, due to varying degrees of regulation and limited liquidity. Currency risk, currency exchange rates between the U.S. dollar and foreign currencies may cause the value of the fund's investments to decline. Small and mid-cap stocks risk, investments in small and mid-sized companies can be more volatile than those of larger companies. Proxy portfolio structure risk, unlike traditional ETFs that provide daily disclosure of their portfolio holdings, the fund does not disclose the daily holdings of the actual portfolio. Instead, the fund discloses a proxy portfolio that is designed to reflect the economic exposure and risk characteristics of the fund's actual portfolio on any given trading day. Although the proxy portfolio and proxy portfolio disclosures are intended to provide authorized participants and other market participants with enough information to allow them to engage in effective arbitrage transactions that will keep the market price of the fund's shares trading at or close to the underlying NAV per share of the fund, while at the same time enabling them to establish cost-effective hedging strategies to reduce risk, there is a risk that market prices will vary significantly from the underlying NAV of the fund. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed above may change based on market and other conditions. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Performance data shown represents past performance and is no guarantee of, and not necessarily indicative of, future results. Total return and value will vary, and you may have a gain or loss when shares are sold. Current performance may be lower or higher than quoted. For most recent month-end performance, visit im.naughtyseyes.com. Standard performance as a percentage for Natixis Loomis Sale Short Duration Income ETF as of September 30, 2022. Natixis Loomis Sale Short Duration Income ETF, market price, 3 months, minus 1.20, YDD, minus 4.79, 1 year, minus 5.37, 3 years, 0.31, since inception December 27, 17, 1.38. Natixis Loomis Sales Short Duration Income ETF, NAV Price, 3 Months, Minus 1.12, YDD, Minus 4.82, 1 Year, Minus 5.29, 3 Years, 0.33, Since Inception December 27, 17, 1.40. Morningstar Ratings for Short-Term Bond Category by Percentile as of September 30, 2022. 1 Year 24th Percentile. 3 Years 90th Percentile. Morningstar Ratings for Short-Term Bond Category based on Fund Rank and Number of Funds in Category as of September 30, 2022. 1 Year, 118 out of 582. 3 Years, 34 out of 544. Morningstar ratings for short-term bond category based on risk-adjusted returns as of September 30, 2022. Three years, five-star. Overall, five-star. Standard performance as a percentage for Natixis Von Nelson Select ETF as of September 30, 2022. Natixis Von Nelson Select ETF fund, market price, three-month, minus 4.63, year-to-date, minus 21.79, one-year, minus 11.50, since inception September 16, 20, 9.62. Natixis Von Nelson Select ETF fund, NAV price, three-month, minus 4.67, year-to-date, minus 21.78, one year, minus 11.47, since inception September 16, 20, 9.59. You may not invest directly in an index. The Morningstar Rating TM for funds, or star rating, is calculated for managed products, including mutual funds, variable annuity and variable life sub-accounts, exchange-traded funds, closed-end funds, and separate accounts, with at least a three-year history. Exchange-traded funds and open-ended mutual funds are considered a single population for comparative purposes. It is calculated based on a Morningstar risk-adjusted return measure that accounts for variation in a managed product's monthly excess performance, placing more emphasis on downward variations and rewarding consistent performance. The Morningstar rating does not include any adjustment for sales loads. The top 10% of products in each product category receive 5 stars, the next 22.5% receive 4 stars, the next 35% receive 3 stars, the next 22.5% receive 2 stars, and the bottom 10% receive 1 star. The overall Morningstar rating for a managed product is derived from a weighted average of the performance figures associated with its 3, 5, and 10-year, if applicable, Morningstar rating metrics. The weights are, 100% 3-year rating for 36 to 59 months of total returns, 60% 5-year rating slash 40% 3-year rating for 60 to 119 months of total returns, and 50% 10-year rating slash 30% 5-year rating slash 20% 3-year rating for 120 or more months of total returns. While the 10-year overall star rating formula seems to give the most weight to the 10-year period, the most recent 3-year period actually has the greatest impact because it is included in all 3 rating periods. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Copyright 2022 Morningstar, Inc. All rights reserved.
The information contained herein, 1, is proprietary to Morningstar and Slash or its content providers, 2, may not be copied or distributed, and 3, is not warranted to be accurate, complete, or timely. Neither Morningstar nor its content providers are responsible for any damages or losses arising from any use of this information. ALPS Distributors, Inc. is the distributor for the Natixis Loomis Sales Short Duration Income ETF, the Natixis Von Nelson Midcap ETF, the Natixis Von Nelson Select ETF, and the Natixis US Equity Opportunities ETF Natixis Distribution, LLC is a marketing agent. ALPS Distributors, Inc. is not affiliated with Natixis Distribution, LLC Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision. The information presented in this podcast may have been or obtained from third-party sources believed to be reliable, however, Natixis Advisors, LLC does not guarantee the accuracy, adequacy, or completeness of such information nor do we guarantee the appropriateness of any strategy slash fund referred to in this report for any particular investor. Not FDIC insured may lose value no bank guarantee. Add tracks, 5080169211. BID 41-1122. Expiration date, January 31st, 2023.